the IT shop gets out of the day-to-day -day management of exchange, but from a customer perspective, it, it's still the same thing. It's still Outlook, it's still OWA, it's still your smartphone, however you, you know, the, everything you're familiar with continues. And, um, you know, just really kind of get out of that traditional data center business. Technology is transforming how we think, how we lead, and how we win. From InterVision, this is Status Go, the show helping IT leaders move beyond the status quo, master their craft, and propel their IT vision. Welcome back to Mythbusters by InterVision, our continuing series that debunks many of the common myths about cloud, security, and innovation. This month, we are focusing on the myth that the cloud is only for large enterprises. Spoiler alert, it is not. You may recall from our episode two weeks ago, Troy Collison, the CIO of Weinstein Properties, shared how his 600-person organization leverages the cloud. Today, we are joined by InterVision expert Rob Spitzer. Rob is the director of InterVision's Microsoft Cloud Services practice. He has helped many companies, large and yes, small, to take full advantage of all things the cloud has to offer. Together, we are going to bust that myth. Rob, welcome to Status Go. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Would you mind sharing a little bit about your career journey, Rob? I always love for our listeners to learn a little bit about our guests so they understand the perspective that they're coming from. Sure. Yeah, I've been with uh, InterVision for about 18 years, but I've been in the IT space since about the mid-90s. I've, I've primarily focused on Microsoft technologies that entire time. Obviously, that predates the cloud, so my background was uh, Active Directory and Exchange. And as Microsoft moved to the cloud, um, we kind of pivoted along with it. So I um, started to get involved in things like Office 365, um, in the rest of the, the Microsoft suite. Um, and in my time here, I've worked with companies from about 20 people up to about 20,000. So uh, wow. I have covered a large swath of orgs. Yeah, and uh, I imagine those challenges are, are different when you talk about a 20-person company versus a 2,000-person a company or a 20,000-person company. Uh, take us back uh Pre-cloud, what, what does the tech stack look like? What's typical in that small to medium-sized business space? Yeah, so the SMB market's always been real interesting. Um, you know, prior to prior to the cloud, I mean, they still needed IT. You know, IT services mattered a lot. Yeah. But a lot of the SMB organizations didn't have dedicated IT staff. Um, a lot of times it was maybe uh, as organization I worked with, it's an executive secretary that was kind of managing the day-to-day -day IT operations. Actually had a couple of CEOs and presidents um, <laughs> that were managing, uh, managing IT for the organization. And I, I kind of use the phrase, you know, they, they keep the lights on because that's exactly how they treat it, right? It's like right. a light bulb. If the lights are working, they're fine. If the lights stop working, that's, that's when they react and, and start trying to uh, figure out what's going on. So it's not that a lot of times these folks were were pretty darn savvy in the IT space. It just wasn't their main job. They had right. other things to do when this was kind of the, the secondary task. Um, the actual IT infrastructure, and I'm putting air quotes around that, uh, a lot of times was was 
pretty limited as well. Again, these guys are these companies weren't huge. IT wasn't their, you know, their main focus in life. And so some of these organizations, their their entire IT infrastructure fit in a closet, right? It was maybe like a half rack of of right. servers and networking gear living in a in, in a closet somewhere. Um, typically systems, you know, they, they ran them until they were, uh, until they were passed end of life, you know, security wasn't the main concern kind of, again, it's just, these were, these were tools to get the job done. Um, one of the funnier stories I've heard, um, you know, there's, it's not uncommon for some of these really small shops, not even have a closet. They might just have a a server plugged into the copy room or something like that. (laughs) And there was a, uh, uh, IT director or a uh, CEO that contacted me and was let me know that hey, about twice a week, um, we keep the server keeps going down and it, it always happens after hours. Of course, it's the way it always is, right? And right, right. When no one's around, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they, uh, you know, can't figure out what's going on. And so we took a look and we could sure enough see, yeah, the server went down, the server came back up. A couple times he tried to drive back over and check things out, but inevitably by the time he got back, it was back up and running and could never quite figure it out. So fast forward a couple months and uh, he happened to be working late one night um, and same thing happened. He was in the middle of a spreadsheet, bam, everything went down. Um, in frustration, he walked out of, of you know his office to go see what was going on and realized, oh, the cleaning crew is here. Well, the center of their office was the copy room, and they were looking oh, no. for a nice central you know place to plug in the vacuum. And the uh, hey, there's this there's this box sitting here that doesn't seem to be doing anything. I'll just unplug it, plug the vacuum in vacuum and plug it back in when we're done. Oh and <laughs> that that kind of stuff happened, right? Because it's yeah, just there, yeah. there wasn't this dedicated. I you mean, know, forget dedicated infrastructure. There just wasn't. You know, again, this these were just tools to kind of get the job done. Yeah. Um, so the the cloud, when it kind of entered the equation, um, I, not only you know, not only uh, did we see, uh, not only is it something that was good for SMB, it really kind of fit their model well because it allowed them to get some of these enterprise features, anywhere access, you know, things like that, um, and, and kind of get on a level playing field with other IT organizations. Yeah, yeah. I, I love how uh, when we were talking a couple of weeks ago, you you said, uh, you talked about the internet, you know, and, and what was that, maybe uh, 1999, 2000-ish kind of, kind of time frame around in there, that the internet really leveled the playing field and that the cloud does the same thing, but on steroids. I think that was a great analogy uh, as you were talking about your your clients over the last several years. Yeah, it really is. I mean, it makes it pretty, it, you know, the, the, the way the internet kind of worked before it was whether you were somebody the size of Amazon or kind of a small Etsy shop, it was pretty, it, it's easy to kind of spin up and have a storefront and, and have that that consistent feel of, of the of the larger organizations and yeah kind of the same with cloud computing right you kind of get to take advantage of that uh, you, you kind of get to take advantage of what the enterprise has to offer without having to kind of pay the enterprise price tag yeah 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 and, and you you talking about the, the the cleaning crew unplugging the the server there for a time I was the CIO for a, a large retailer and um, 
we'd go into our retail locations in the the uh, I'll call it the server closet, the telecom room. You know, you you land a couple of switches and uh, and things like that. Also doubled as where they would store the uh, soft drinks before they took them out on the floor and put them in the <laughs> machines. Uh, so we were constantly uh, we'd go into those locations and have to move a carton or two of of Coke out of the way before we could get to the rack. <laughs> so it's really a challenging situation. So in, in those days, what, what were the primary problems that you saw these uh, small to medium sized businesses struggling with when it comes to their technology? What, what were typical other than the uh, cleaning crew that unplugs your server? <laughs> I mean, it's, it, it was really the same problems everybody had, right? They're, Security, performance, and reliability. Um, the the difference is there just was never the, the budget to really to to really uh, you know address those things directly. But yeah, it's it's a it's a it, it's an interesting world. Uh, you, you know, you need you need all these pieces to operate. Um, but it's uh, it's uh, it, it's it's hard when that's not your main business. Yeah, yeah. When it's not your main business and you don't have the staffing. What, what about the, the, the companies that maybe are a little bit larger and they've got, oh, I don't know, a handful of, uh, of IT professionals that, that work? What kind of problems were they encountering pre-cloud that, that you helped uh, help them navigate? So, so things like redundancy have, have uh, always plagued even the largest organizations, right? It's, it's tough to have the to have a big enough investment and a big enough footprint to have servers in multiple locations, data replicated, a, a good solid disaster recovery plan. Those things are just, they're hard even for the largest organizations to do. Um, and, and as you kind of move down the stack, it gets it gets even tougher. So the, the cloud really does kind of help to level that playing field out a lot. Um, we'll probably need to talk through some of the kind of the various levels and, and kind of where we saw people jump in at, um, but uh, to kind of really, really get into that. But uh, yeah, really it's at the end of the day, that reliability, that security performance, it's what everybody kind of needs. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so set the context for us a, a little bit. Uh, you, you mentioned that, you know, different people in, encounter the clouds in different ways there. Every cloud journey is different. But what are the what are some of the common threads, and where are some of the common starting points that you've seen? Sure. So let's start with the various cloud levels, and you you uh, may have heard these before. Um, so there's there's basically three levels when we talk cloud: software as a service, platform as a service, and infrastructure as a service. Um, software as a service or SaaS. This is kind of the highest level uh, of of the cloud model. So in this world your an application or a service is being delivered through the cloud. You might have to configure the user accounts that are in it, stick data in it, but everything kind of below that level is managed by the cloud provider. The next level down is platform as a service. This is if you're, um, a lot of times, if you're trying to build the next Uber, you, you don't want to go invest in a ton of, of uh, compute and storage. You just really need somebody to provide the platform to build your application on, to provide the web application and, and data uh, database storage that's needed to, to build that next application. That's platform as a service. So you kind of you kind of are responsible for the application up and the cloud vendor is responsible for, 
for everything below that. And then kind of the lowest tier is infrastructure as a service. And that model, the uh, cloud provider is providing compute and storage, but everything from the server up is your responsibility as the vendor. Yeah. So there's are these three levels. And depending on the cloud vendor, kind of depends on their approach. Some, some vendors do all three of these pieces like Microsoft. Some do part, uh, maybe do one or two of these pieces. And then just really kind of where a vendor came into the uh, cloud, uh, their cloud strategy will also kind of dictate where, where their focus is. So in the case of Microsoft, one of the big things they provided organizations was productivity software, things like Exchange, right. SharePoint, Link Server. And one of the big things they wanted to do initially in their cloud journey was to make those, those applications available in the cloud as SaaS applications. So a lot of the Microsoft approach is SaaS first, right? Mm -hmm. Do things like migrate Exchange out to Exchange Online, right? Migrate file and print out to uh, SharePoint, uh, telephony or instant messaging out to, out to Teams, um, so on and so forth. And then kind of when you get to the end of this journey, what's left ultimately can move out to infrastructure as a service. So we've seen a lot of organizations kind of do exactly that, right? They'll, they'll move the workloads that make sense to SaaS applications. They may be Microsoft's in the case of Exchange or SharePoint or, or some of those other pieces, maybe a third-party line of business uh, uh, provider, um, but they'll, they'll migrate out workloads to SaaS applications first and then they'll kind of look around their data center and, okay, what do we have left? What do we need to keep? And then if they can also migrate those things to the cloud as infrastructure as a service. Um, kind of then the, the third uh, piece of this can become the platform as a service. We've seen organizations that have, um, you know, they've done this initial They've done this initial migration to SaaS. They've lifted and shifted additional workloads out to uh, out to Azure uh, as as infrastructure as a service, and then they may take a look at, hey, we have this homegrown application. Um, we really don't want to keep it on a Windows server any longer. <laughs> We'd like to migrate it out to you know out to a modern web application. We worked with uh, one customer who had exactly this. They had this old Access 2013. Uh, application again. I'm putting air quotes around that yeah. um, that ran on top of remote desktop services, and it was kind of the bane of their existence. It got the job done during the day, but it was very clunky. It was a lot of infrastructure, and then we we worked with them to take that and migrate it to a modern web front end and, and SQL Server back end. Well, and I, I think that uh, what you were talking about there. Rob, that the, a lot of times the companies will follow the path that the cloud providers actually had gone through uh, to get there. And uh, I, I can remember from my own time as a CIO when the cloud started, we started with email and we did. We went the SaaS route, right? Uh, the other thing that, that jumps out at me as you were talking about that is uh, many times the the colleagues in the business, not, not necessarily in the IT shop, maybe using an application that's a SaaS-based application and not even really know that that's cloud, right? Uh, um, back in, uh, in my Blue Lock days before uh, we were doing disaster recovery as a service and we'd go into law firms and we were talking with this one law firm and they said, well, we, don't, we can't do cloud. We don't do cloud here. 
yet their document management system was something called dot doc net. And it's like, well, what do you think the net part of the doc net title is? It's, it's, internet it's an internet-based SaaS-based document management system but they didn't allow cloud so i i think there's still some of those misconceptions out there now we're going to take a pause right here and listen to a word from intervision systems intervision is the publisher of the status go podcast unlock the power of more with intervision systems We provide the cutting-edge technology and expert guidance you need to take your business to the next level. Don't settle for less. Choose InterVision Systems and discover what's possible. Contact us now to learn more. If you do want to learn more, visit intervision.com slash myths. That's M-Y-T-H-S. You can learn about all of the myths that we are busting in this series, uh, as well as more information about InterVision and the services. Uh, right now, we're talking with Rob Spitzer. Rob is uh, one of the cloud experts at InterVision, and we're talking about the myth that cloud is only for large companies. And we've already seen uh, through the, the first part of this conversation that there are a lot of uh, things that small companies, small and medium-sized companies can take advantage of when they go to the cloud. And Rob, a, a couple of weeks ago, uh, as this is airing, we we talked with Troy Collison. And Troy is one of your clients. You, you worked with him uh, quite extensively on their cloud journey. When you think about their cloud journey, what stands out for you? Uh, kind of lessons learned, maybe some things that that they learn that surprise them, uh, any, anything that stands out for you? So they followed almost exactly this model uh, we laid out. Now, part of that is they've been, they, they started down this journey a, a long time ago. Um, really, I think what was driving their an initial move was they had an aging data center, right? They're not, they're, they're, a, they're not the smallest uh, shop by any stretch of the imagination, but um, IT is not their you know, core, that's not their core business. Right. Um, had an aging data center that they needed to decide what to do with. And so th- they were kind of looking at this about the time that uh, cloud was was starting to gain some traction. And similar to, to, to what you mentioned, Jeff, their, their kind of first move was exchange. Here's a here's a big beast of an application um, that you know required lots of compute, lots of storage, lots of care and feeding. Yeah. Um, a, a lot of IT guys of uh, and, and uh, IT people have got uh, uh, horror stories of Thanksgiving meals that have been ruined by um, uh, Exchange servers running out of disk space, uh, things like that. So, so getting off of Exchange on prem was was really kind of their first move, um, and that first move a lot of times is is a little bit scary, um, but it, but Exchange tends to be a nice one because. From a from a customer perspective, the IT shop gets out of the day to day management of Exchange. But from a customer perspective, it, it's still the same thing. It's still Outlook. Mm-hmm. It's still OWA. It's still your smartphone. However, you you know the, everything you're familiar with continues, and that kind of tends to be a good kind of kind of gets folks comfortable with the idea. From there, they they moved into other things. They kind of you know you kind of get used to that anytime anywhere access to email and hey can we do similar with 
with file shares, sure. So we started looking at things like SharePoint, uh, started looking at Teams. Um, security became a big piece of this as well, right? Um, in the meantime, they also had some uh, line of business applications that they were modernizing and, and bringing out to the cloud as well. And then kind of like we mentioned, uh, they kind of looked around and went, huh, we got a handful of things left. Um, maybe it doesn't make a lot of sense to to keep that on premise, maybe we'll just migrate the remaining servers out to out to Azure as well, and um, you know just really kind of get out of that traditional data center business. Yeah, I I, I think that uh, that that is so true from from a lot of companies, and and I know Troy's company, six hundred person, uh, that's that's not a small organization, and I know they're they've got a, a national footprint for. Uh, the work that they do. So I, I think a lot of our listeners would probably find themselves in that in that same boat. Let's turn our attention a little bit to, uh, towards the towards the future. Uh, where are we today with with cloud and cloud technology, and, and what are some of the trends you're seeing that those that are in the uh, SMB space need to be paying attention to? So the first thing to be aware of is cloud is a journey. We've 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 seen some folks that have uh, I moved email to the cloud. I can check the I can check the cloud box, right? We've done uh-huh. we've done the cloud journey. We've completed it, and and really that's just the beginning, right? It is like everything in it in it. This is a constantly evolving space. Whether it's whether it's workloads you're already you've already migrated to the cloud. There's always new pieces that are being, uh, you know, uh, implemented and released, new functionality, new features, new security mechanisms, things like that, um, or additional workloads. Again, it's, it, it's, it's been interesting um, when, we're, when we're dealing with customers. There's typically, a, we typically, when we start this journey, um, there's a little bit of, uh, there's a little bit of, you know, come with me, you know, follow me, I'll, I'll show you the way. And at some point, mm-hmm it feels like we kind of go over the top of the hill and all of a sudden we're trying to uh, keep up, you know, the customers are <laughs> like, wait a minute, I really like how this exchange online thing works. I really like this anytime, anywhere access to my email. Can I do that with my my file shares? Uh, sure, yeah, can I do that with my phone system? Um, during uh, COVID, uh, we uh, saw, uh, we were talking to customers about, uh, you know, different, different strategies for folks to work at home. And, and a common one we heard during that time period was, you know, yeah, our, our work from home strategy is working great, except for our receptionists. They're having to go into the office because the phone system is like literally glued to the wall in the office. Yeah. Um, hey, it would be great to have that anytime, anywhere access to our, our phones, just like we do, you know, files and, and email. And you can, you know, there's there's cloud-based phone systems like Team, you know, Teams phone system where you can do you can do that exact same model. Once you migrate the phone out to the cloud, the receptionist can sit at their house, answer the main line, forward calls to uh, other other personnel in the organization that are sitting at their house. You no longer really matter. Physical location doesn't matter so much. So that we just we're constantly seeing more and more services and kind of features. Um, move that direction. Um, the other thing specifically we've seen with, with Microsoft is they continue to kind of build these pieces together, right? We talk a lot about 
Exchange or Teams or Intune or the various the various kind of pieces. But what Microsoft has kind of done is take a Lego approach with this, and these pieces start to fit together to build yeah. greater and greater solutions. Um, so we see a lot of that going on on as well. And then kind of the final bit there is historically it, it kind of a common uh, kind of a common. Uh, feeling about Microsoft as well. It's good enough, but if you really need like a, you know, top tier solution, you got to go with solution X. Well, so more and more, we're seeing Microsoft moving up into that, you know, top right quadrant for the Gartner Magic, you know, the Gartner yeah. Magic quadrants. So, um, so just, you know, it's, it's, it, again, if you haven't looked at the if you haven't looked at your kind of reevaluated your cloud stack lately or your cloud journey, it's always kind of a good time to look and see what's new, what's what the new trends are, things like that. Well, I know uh, another issue that you and I have talked about, Rob, and, and most CIOs are facing this is the the rising cost and the increased scrutiny related to cyber insurance. It it seems like over the last two years or so, it has become one of the things that gets talked about a lot. How are you advising clients to tackle this uh, whole pressure of their cyber insurance when it, when it comes to their cloud journey? Yeah. So this has been an interesting uh, one we've seen pop up. So, so yeah, as, as uh Ransomware continues to be a problem, and, and more and more cyber insurance companies have had to pay out ransoms. Um, the the rules are getting tighter. They obviously don't want to do that, so they're trying to you know put some basic controls in place to to make sure um, you know there are at least some minimum security components in place. And one of the common ones um, that's coming up has been multi-factor authentication at a minimum. Uh, you know, they want to see MFA in place. Now, again, especially when you're getting into to small and mid-sized businesses, a lot of times they're finding this out as they're coming up for renewal for their cyber insurance. Um, and so, A, they don't have a lot of time. A lot of times, you know, they're in the last month of their current contract and they certainly haven't budgeted for this, right? It's just, it's a requirement that, that they now need to meet that, that they're just not, you know, haven't been prepared for. This has been one of those kind of really great stories with customers who have gone to Microsoft 365 already. It's one of the components that's in the box with that is Azure MFA. Um, so we've been able to go into many customers and say, hey, I got good news for you. You have <laughs> the components. We just need to turn it on. Um, that's great news. But what's also really nice is we can extend that out to other applications through single sign-on and all of a sudden, because typically then the other place that uh, customers are getting asked to turn this on is kind of any place where customer where users are coming through the internet into the inside environment. So right. Office 365 is big, but also things like VPN solutions, thing, you know, things like that, where, where they, they need, they need MFA in front of those and through, through things like Azure MFA and Azure single sign-on, we're pretty, pretty easily, pretty quickly, in a lot of click cases without any additional uh, monthly expense, are able to, to put those tools in place and, and you know, check that box. Yeah. Well, and I think that goes back to one of the things that you said at the outset was that the cloud gives uh, 
the SMB business uh, access to enterprise level technology for for a fraction of the cost. Rob, as you think about the the SMB space specifically, what are some other thoughts about cloud that you want to convey to our listeners? Yeah, and you know, like I mentioned earlier, and like you just mentioned, cloud is a great equalizer, right? I mean, that's that is kind of one of the beauties of it. it if it, doesn't matter if you're doing 20 users, 20, you know, 20,000 users, you're getting to take advantage of enterprise class uh, uh, infrastructure and services, regardless of the size of your organization. Um, it is a journey though, right? It's, it's one of these things like everything else in IT, um, it's, it's not going to, even though, even though Exchange Online may be an evergreen service, the the, uh, there's always new functionality being rolled out. There's always kind of learning to be done around those uh, around products you own, but there's also always new solutions being released. Um, and, and a lot of times they're coming out just in time with with new issues like the like the uh, cyber insurance when we brought up. Yeah. The, the beauty of this is it's a choose your own adventure model, right? Whatever your, there, there are some kind of basic things to get in place. Uh, email does tend to be one of those starting places for so many people. But kind of once you're, once you're, uh, you've started down the road, it really is choose your own adventure. Um, like I mentioned, uh, we, we we had some organizations that file sharing was a big concern. Uh, phone phone uh, system has been a big concern for others. Um, again, back during COVID, we had a school system reach out to us that was trying to figure out what they're going to do with, you know, quote, dirty computers. And what they were referring to was they, um, I thought initially they were talking about the computers had COVID on them and how they were going to yeah. clean them. But, but what yeah. they were concerned about was, hey, inside of the school, we had built systems to manage and maintain, um, you know, base level of security and configuration on these machines. But we don't have that out on the internet. Once these things got out of the, you know, they got out, outside of our walls, we kind of lost control. Uh, Intune uh, can be a good answer, you know, for that question. But really, again, the beauty is you can kind of attack this in whatever order makes the most sense um, yeah. for your organization. I, I love the the choose your own adventure. Well, the, to our listeners, there you have it. Myth busted. The cloud is for all sizes of organizations. And Rob, as you know, we are all about action here on Status Go. What are one or two things that our listeners should go do tomorrow because they listened to our conversation today? Sure. Especially if you haven't done so in a while, take a look at where you are. Um, My guess, again, like I said, this is a journey. I have yet to meet anybody who's found themselves at the end of it. Um, So look at where you currently are. Um, And if you have not looked at cloud solutions lately, whether it's looking at what you already have looking at what new things are out there. Let's talk, give, give us a shout. We'd love to kind of talk through trends. We'd love to talk through what we see other organizations doing and help you uh, choose your own adventure. Well, Rob, I have to thank you so much for being on the show today. I, I've enjoyed our conversations. Uh, uh, I know we both have, have been at InterVision and InterVision is now one of my, my clients. But this was the first opportunity for you and I to chat, and I've really enjoyed it. And I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with us here on Status Go. 
Me as well. I really enjoyed this too. Hopefully we'll get a chance to do it again soon. Absolutely. Absolutely. To our listeners, if you have a question or want to learn more, visit intervision.com slash myths, M-Y-T-H-S. Or if you want to go directly to the Status Go website, that's intervision.com slash status dash go. The show notes will provide links and contact information. This is Jeff Tun for Rob Spitzer. Thank you very much for listening. You've been listening to the Status Go podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes or get more information at intervision.com. If you'd like to contribute to the conversation, find Intervision on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Twitter. Thank you for listening. Until next time.